Welcome to Kairos Talks, the Crucial Conversation Podcast. What do I do with my hands? I know, right? Just kidding. <laughs> Welcome to Kairos Talks, uh, the podcast for Crucial Conversations. I'm with my co-host today, Sean Poe, and we are discussing the movie that we just watched called The Social Dilemma on Netflix, a documentary by them, that really poses question to the topic of social media and the social dilemma of our culture and what social media is doing uh, to us. If you haven't met Sean before, Sean is a music printer who is gifted in business and music and is uh, one of my best friends. And so... Um, Hi, I'm Sean. Sean, what did you what did you think about, about this movie? What was your biggest takeaway... Um, I know we were both looking forward to watching it, but I think it, it shocked us both in its depth of knowledge and really just how well it covered the topic. Well, I think we were both surprised. I mean, we it was labeled, and we went in expecting it to be about um, social media addiction. And what it seemed to be more about was uh, these platforms uh, manipulating um, and the science behind how they're using psychology and how every feature, every um, function of each of these platforms is specifically designed in a way to elicit a certain response from your brain and how it was so like methodical and detailed was like fascinating. Yeah, I, I think that there is a, there's a fine line. And one of the things that was said that was extremely impressive to me was in today's society, we get frustrated at one another for being ignorant on topics. We say that this person is blind because they can't see this thing. And they point out in this, in this movie that, in fact, the people that we're accusing of saying, you, why, you know, why are you so ignorant? Why are you not seeing these things? They're, they're actually not seeing these things at all because the algorithms are programming an almost borderline subjective fact, subjective facts and idea about relative truth, but they're showing them the things that drive their attention, not necessarily what's true, because they want to get you to feel good and feel right about what you're thinking about. And so they only show you what the, what you're going to give your attention to, which is the things that, that create a, a confirmational bias. And they really just talked about like that shift in mindset of like what is the product of these platforms, and the product is us. And it's like, we are not the customers, we're not the consumers. The consumers of this product are the advertisers. And how it's not designed for us or for truth or for anything like that. It's designed to sell ads. And so it does it very well. And talking about the different ways where that is the focus and that how that develops um, some of the innovation in the, in the platforms. Yeah, I actually liked uh, one of the main speakers talks about, you know, no one got upset when the bicycle got introduced. No one was like, oh my goodness, bicycles are here. They were going to ruin our economy and they're going to create division in families. And, and no, no, because the bicycle is a tool because we as humans are the customer. We purchase, we spend money on the bicycle. But like Sean's saying here, what this movie is about is how really advertisers are the customer. And we are, in somewhat sadistic sense, the, 
the product that's being sold, our time and our attention is being sold. And, and one of the guys who was an engineer on a couple large projects, Justin Rosenstein, said, we are more profitable to a corporation if we spend more time staring at a screen, staring at an ad, than if we are living our life in a rich way. So we are seeing the results of that. And for me, you know, I just remember thinking, why, why am I giving my time to these companies so that they can also take my money so that I can do what they want me to do? And sometimes these, the ads that I see are obviously books or things of that nature, but, but they want my time and attention. And that's taking away from the things that I enjoy doing, the reading, the exercise, the, the various hobbies that I have, taking time away from my wife even. And these ad companies are oftentimes paying for that time. And my time is worth more than the 35 cents for the impression they gave me, you know? So it was just, it was incredibly thought provoking. Um, I, I think that quote was a huge takeaway for me is these people, these ads, these companies that are purchasing this space are, are buying my time and attention. And that's, that's a crazy, crazy dynamic. Um, one of the other things it talks about is the psychological and physical impacts that social media is designed to have on the human in that dopamine is released whenever we get a like or whenever we scroll to a new picture. Um, I think they liken it to slot machines. Mm -hmm. You pull the lever and you don't quite know what you're going to get, but you know something's going to pop up on that screen. And so our phones are our own slot machines. I've read studies about that where actually the they found that you get it's, it's it's either you get a more of a dopamine hit or it's like an equal dopamine hit for having the unknown. So for having like a slot machine and it's going to be a random chance, um, it is equal or greater um, dopamine release as like a, just a guaranteed like this is going to be a good thing. Mm. Um, and so it's interesting that they apply that model to it where it's variable. Like right. it's not necessarily oh, this is always a good thing. Sometimes it's not, but it still, like, tricks your brain. Yeah, the fact that something is going to pop up on your screen, they, they gave us an example of, you know, your phone may be on the counter as you're doing dishes or something, and, and you keep staring at it because if you stare at it enough times, something might pop up. Now, that might not be a good thing. It could be a bad thing, but something might pop up, and it would make sense that slot machines, it's predictable. You know something's going to happen, and you're hoping the surprise is if a good thing happens. But on our phones, you know, we don't know if anything's going to pop up. It could just be our background. It could be um, a notification or a like or a friend request or something like that. And one of my favorite parts, actually, of the, the entire movie or documentary was the characterization of the IA. Uh, it was uh, this one actor who played three different parts. Uh, he had different hair splits, and he did it very well. And uh, they were basically different parts of the IA, the three different goals that each artificial intelligence, or did I say AI? IA? I meant AI. <laughs> uh, the artificial intelligence is working on, you know, getting growth, getting engagement, and getting depth of engagement. And so it's like, oh, well, he hasn't looked at his phone for, for 30 minutes. We need to ping him with something that is going to grab his attention particularly, or he hasn't looked at his phone in three days. What is the biggest thing that's going to statistically get him back on for an extended length of time so we can use that to monetize his time? It was interesting to look at um, from the perspective of just like the algorithm and the idea that it's like it's it's machine learning. Like it's, it's 
learning how to be most effective at its goal. And so it doesn't matter, like, and its goals don't line up with our goals. Its goals are to get you to be on the platform the longest to, um, to serve you ads. And so it's interesting to look at it from that perspective of this machine that has no morality. It's all about getting to this goal and doing it the most efficient way it can. Yeah, and you talked about, um, and I don't, I don't want to get shot by anyone, but it talked about the Flat Earth YouTube videos. It was this NBA star who had uh, apparently been a Flat Earther for a while, and he got sucked into YouTube's algorithm, and it just showed you the video, kept showing him the videos that, that he was most interested in. And as such, it kept feeding him these Flat Earth videos, which eventually convinced him and shaped his behavior. Um, there's another example about the pizza. Pizzagate. Pizzagate, which was saying that ordering a pizza was part of a human trafficking bit. And this guy showed up to a pizza shop to liberate the... Um, the youth. The youth, the, yeah. Um, um, I don't children. know what you call them. The, yeah, the, cho- yeah. the prison ch- prisoner children who were being um, trafficked by this pedophile ring. And there's a video of him being arrested and saying, wait, are you sure that there's no children in the basement of this pizza shop? And... and it basically, that was a result of social media continuing to pound this guy with these articles and these videos and these ads and these Facebook groups that were designed to feed his attention, which was designed on this Pizzagate thing. And he was so motivated by the education they received that he took action in the shape of trying to potentially kill some pizza people. Um, and I never realized there was such risk in being a pizza guy before. So uh, to all you pizza people, thank you for your chivalry. Service. Your service, yes. Um, So it's just fascinating, you know, and it causes me to ask a couple questions. You know, one, how much of what I think is shaped by what I see? And and I don't know that it's a measurable answer, but... But I think it's a lot. Yeah, it has to be a lot. They talked a lot about how a lot of these, a lot of these, um, these, like, visual cues, a lot of these things that you're seeing that the ad, the things that it was feeding you were so subtle that it was not even noticeable. It's on mm-hmm. like a subconscious level that you're, uh, that it's affecting your behavior. And I remember they talked about like this scenario where it's, Oh, if you pay me X amount of money, I can shift the entire public awareness, like 1% in this direction. And how powerful that is to just slightly tip every person on earth potentially just slightly more towards a certain ideal or a certain product or anything, um, how powerful that is. Yeah, it uh, specifically mentioned um, examples in other countries where Facebook, whenever you buy a phone, Facebook is preloaded. You have an account that the person selling you the phone is set up for you and how there's countries where where the governments are paying for ads, which are shaping the way that their entire culture is being lived. And you look at that, and they said that that these companies unwittingly are waging the war on the free countries and democracy because they're creating division by self um, self justification and creating a bias where you want to feel good, and so you're going to read the things that you give more attention to, and they're going to keep showing you things that point to that you're right. Because that's where you're going to give your attention to. And it's a dangerous dangerous slope. Well, I, just, I don't think it's unwitting, um, which is, like, the scary part, is that I don't. it's not, like, intentional. I don't think anybody's like, let's go out there and destroy this country or something like that. But 
it's just it's prophets before people, and so mm. it's like I don't like I'm aware that that's happening, but I don't care. Oh yeah, yeah, and I mean they talked about the profit at all cost model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other question, which it kind of started off with, was one of these professors who studies psychology, and she said, "Yeah, I I know as much as I do, but I am still arguing with my children about this." And he says, "You know, I asked my son, and he says, 'No, I don't. I mom, I don't spend more than thirty minutes on my phone, but I know he's spending an hour or two every single day.'" And so, sure enough, they interview him. And he's like, "Oh, you know, no more than an hour, hour and a half." And his phone says two or three hours. And you know, I, I can only. I'm I'm not a parent, but you know, how many of our friends or family are we not spending quality time at the dinner table because we're on our phones looking at the the greatest likes or the newest thing or the fads that are going on and and that's that's tragic. And so my second question for myself was how much time do I spend on the phone instead of doing what's important, instead of reading a book or spending time with my spouse or you know, connecting with friends, recording a, a podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it just really goes to show how much of your time is spent doing these things. And, and let's just, I encourage anyone listening, evaluate, is that worth your time? Well, the question to ask is, is being aware of that. Mm-hmm. So there was a one guy who was interviewed and he was talking about He's like, yeah, we knew all this going in when we made this. We knew that it was going to do this, and this was the psychology behind it. We were fully understanding of that. And he's like, I would work on this stuff, and I would go home, and then I would be caught in the same trap, and I would be stuck on social media for hours, and I'm the one who helped design it. I knew what it was, and it would still get me. Yeah, and he he talks about really trying to fight this addiction and saying, all right, I'm going to leave my phone in the car, I'm going to leave my phone in the car, I'm going to leave my phone in the car. He's like, I probably told myself a thousand times I was going to leave my phone in the car. And there it was. And so then I tried to lock it up in a safe with a timer on it, and they showed that old ad with the self-locking Tupperware. And it's like, okay, but look at that. And and there's this illustration that's going on the whole time about this family and their struggle. And they do this. They lock their phones for dinner time, and, and one of the younger ladies in the family takes a hammer and breaks open this plastic Tupperware thing and takes her phone out because she's just so addicted to it. And uh, it just begs that question, you know, are we addicted? How much time are we spending? And are you aware of it? And if you became aware of it, would you be willing to change your behavior or try? And if you've tried, how's it going? Are you actually able to overcome this? Or is it causing, you know, look at you. Sean likened some of the footage to watching a, a meth, methamphetamine addict struggling with his addiction with all the way they shot it. Beautifully filmed film. I mean, the the film designers did uh, a fantastic job illustrating. Yeah, the all tone the was the tone was very. Uh, no, I thought I thought it was wonderful. Like the what is the word? I I've said it like a hundred times already today. Yeah, I'm right. Trying to remember what it was. Um, the the imagery presented. Yeah, the imagery. Um, just uh, the way they. They frame, that's it, the, yeah, the, the way they frame uh, the questions, the problems. Yeah. So, all in all, you know, we just watched this movie. It was extremely convicting for me, I, I think so, for Sean, and really just eye-opening. Um, and, and not just in a way that I suspect. Like, I've, all, I've been suspicious of social media for a long time, but I don't just suspect anymore. I now know that the guy's inside now, and they're coming out and saying, this is a moral dilemma. I've left these companies because they know what they're doing and they're not changing their models. And I think, you know, like I told John, I think the way to get 
ahead of these things to get around them is to use their algorithms against them to spread this content like this and and just kind of talk about it. So highly recommend, 10 out of 10, go watch this movie, The Social Dilemma, and prepare to have your world wrecked. And like, comment, and subscribe so we can continue that algorithm change. That's right. Alrighty, thank you guys for joining us today. You have a great one. Thank you for joining us on Kairos Talks. We hope that this crucial conversation was impactful for you. We hope you join us next time. Don't forget to subscribe and join in on the conversation in the Kairos Talks Facebook group. Thank you and have a great day.